Namaskar, Rakshak from NFL Masala here, where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. However, tonight, Wednesday, September 13th, is a very special episode for this season because the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings will be playing this Thursday, September 14th. Therefore, I will be doing a quick breakdown and preview for fellow Vikings and Eagles fans. And with a note, Anant and I are working on the recap for week one and week two preview, and that will be aired on Friday, September 15th. For Thursday's game, Eagles versus Vikings, I'll be breaking down like I've done with the Eagles and Patriots last week with Eagles offense versus Vikings defense and Eagles defense versus Vikings offense. So for the first part, Let's take a look at the Eagles' defense versus the Vikings' offense. Now, we understand that the Vikings' offense, like last, um, in their first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were able to put up 369 yards of total offense, which is like, it, and if we were to go even more for a specific breakdown, 344 passing yards. But... The biggest point was that they gave up three huge turnovers, two fumbles and one interception, along with a costly offsides penalty that led Tampa Bay to win that game. And, and here's a little bit more of information that the Eagles definitely need to be worried about. This is Kirk Cousins, a very familiar foe the Philadelphia Eagles have faced when he was the quarterback with the Washington Redskins, now Commanders. And he was terrific, and he's always had a great record against the Eagles. But in primetime game, this is where primetime Kirk Cousins is. He is the complete opposite of that. And, and but one thing Kirk Cousins is really good for is good is against the blitz. If you were to take a look um, at, at the Buccaneers game, Kirk Cousins went 14 for 18. One, and threw for 124 yards again when the Bucks were when the when the Bucks were rushing with more than five with with more than five players, and he has had an 11 111.4 passing passer rating against the Blitz since joining Minnesota back in 2018. But the way that the the way that the Buccaneers are able to get pressure against Kirk Cousins. And and force him to to commit three turn and forced three turnovers in that game was because it the credit has to go to Todd Bowles. He was able to disguise the blitz packages with the unique designs, and I saw, and this was, is a, a brilliantly done according to an article on on the VikingAge.com, and uh, and uh, and um, the article writer Dominic Fisterer explains it perfectly and i mean and and let's break it down first of all like the first like if you were to go more into the into specifics minnesota's first drive was a quick three and out which saw a miss in a pass pro miss in a pass protection from running back alexander madison and a false start penalty on a third and three and it just went downhill from there and kirk cousins lost two fumbles in back-to-back drives the first one came on a Bucks 25-yard line, and the second came from a strip sack by Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Bucks, Buccaneers. Like, I believe he was like one of the, the safety, one of the secondary players. But 
It, but like again, some of the credit has to go to Todd Bowles. He was able to disguise some of the Blitz packages with unique designs, especially when you go like an odd stack front. Basically, that you're having three down linemen with a middle or a Mike linebacker over the center. Basically, that linebacker can target the interior of that offensive line. And another another um, cool trick that he that Todd Bowles was able to bring up was a safety blitz that was not blocked, in which you brought linebacker Devin and and the safety blitz. You also brought in a safety blitz, and. And another, and another cool, um, not, and another unique design I, um, I recognized was a linebacker blitz in which Devin White went after, went at, went after the QB while you had two other, while you had Shaq Barrett and Levante David dropping back into coverage, and it worked against Kirk Cousins because they were able to fool around. It's like, okay, we're going to show you one. And because as a defense, as Todd Bowles, he wants to keep you guessing, and he was able to solve Kirk Cousins, even though he was able to throw for three hundred forty-four yards, and I and it was, I mean, it was completely brilliant when I read through this article. And but here's the one thing I the Eagles should do: like um, the Eagles' defensive line should try not to blitz too much. I would recommend they. And if they and because the Vikings are facing, and the Vikings' offensive line is very very suspect. Their center Garrett Bradbury was out, was out of the game with backs with a back injury, and he has been ruled out. Right guard Ed Ingram gave up, and their right guard, which is another weak spot, Ed Ingram, he gave up one sack and four pressures, and left tackle Christian Darisaw. He was replaced by Oli Udo, and Darisaw is considered day-to-day. So I can expect, so if you're going to go four or five-man front with Georgia, meaning Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, who had terrific game, who, had, who played very great on, on Sunday against the Patriots, I would expect him to go wrecking through that gap. Um, and again, if Fletcher Cox is healthy, I would say you can line up with Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, um, Jalen Carter, and maybe Hassan Reddick, or try and put in Josh Sweat. Put in put in a four or five man front. Have some kind of have some kind of quickness. However, the only way I could see the Vikings counter it is they is with Kirk Cousins throwing quicker passes to the running backs and the wide receivers, and and with this comes our weakness on the defense linebackers. They gotta be. I mean, the linebackers are already down because the Kobe Dean has been rolled, has been um, put on IR with uh, after suffering an ankle injury. So the only three, the only two or three, and the only two competent running backs we have are Zach Cunningham. The Eagles have are Zach Cunningham and and Christian Ellis. That does not bode very well. And the Eagles were able to pull up Nicholas Morrow from the practice squad. Originally, the Eagles signed him in the offseason to, to be one of the number one linebackers after, we were, after the Eagles were spoiled with the, with the plays of TJ Edwards and Kazir White. Now with Morrow, who was, who was um, promised to be like that good off-ball linebacker and great tackler, he did not perform very well during training camp, and he was cut. He, he was cut during the offseason, and, and the Eagles were able to bring him back 
into the practice squad. Now with Dean out, Nicholas Morrow comes in, and and we're hoping that they that, that the linebackers play competent because right because what I could see Kirk Cousins do and Kevin O'Connell help to help out Kirk Cousins against that 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 defensive front that Eagles Georgia line. Attack, all they have to do is attack the middle of the field, which is where the Eagles were exposed. And safety product, and the safety production was wasn't even there. Justin Evans looked misma- looked misplaced on some of, on some of the, those big targets against New England. I could see Kirk Cousins attacking that with T.J. Hawkinson, um, who who was um, the their best the Vikings' best tight end who had eight receptions and 35 yards against the Buccaneers. Although it wasn't that much, he was able to, it was all, as again, down in, down into the distance. If, if Kirk Cousins is, are able to hit, is able to hit those tight end and also probably bring in Josh Oliver, who's, who can, and for two tight end sets, maybe they can provide some time for Cousins and tar- to target the middle of the field. And it, it's something that the Eagles have to watch out for. Please, the Eagle, all we need, all we as Eagles fans need is just competent linebacker play. Like, honestly, please, please, please don't do this. Um, and, and, and I mean, this is the same linebacker set that like that lot that gave up eight catches for 92 yards and a touchdown on nine targets to Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. They got open at will and they extended those drives. So, this is going to be a huge mismatch, and of course, safety play. Um, unfortunately, we have more injury news. Um, in that case, we have Reed Blankenship, safety, who was um, who was out, who's, who's, who's projected to be out on for tomorrow's game with rib in, for for Thursday's game with rib in, with injury with rib injury. So you're only stuck with Terrell Edmonds and Justin Evans. Not good. So this could be the introduction of set of um third round third uh, third round pick Sidney Brown, um the safety from Illinois who is supposed to be like a very who was very fun like, I mean he can hit hard. He has excellent speed and athleticism. It's it, it, it's going to be a very tough test. And if the, and of course we have to talk about the Vikings wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and rookie and first round pick from U, wide receiver from USC Jordan Addison. I mean Justin Devin, uh, Justin Jefferson went off nine catches, one hundred fifty yards, and I, and if I and if I'm the Eagles defense and I, and if I'm Sean Desai, you already know who's who will try and cover Justin Jefferson. You have to go with Darius Slay on this one. So you better pray that Darius Slay or big play Darius Slay can try and replicate that performance that he did. He held against Justice Jefferson in week two of last year. Last time that Darius Slay was on Justin Jefferson, this is according to Next Gen Stats. Um, he held Justin Jefferson for one reception out of five targets, seven yards, and had two interceptions. And... It was one of the best performances I have seen. But more, but not with Reed Blankenship out, not just Reed Blankenship who's out and Fletcher Cox who's questionable, both having rib injuries. You have James Bradbury out for a, with a concussion. So we're probably going to be seeing a, uh, the young 
a UDFA a cornerback from last year from Alabama, Josh Job, to be paired up against uh, to be paired up either against KJ Osborne or Jordan Addison. And I we haven't seen a lot of preseason tape from Josh. We've seen some preseason tape from Josh Job, and it, but it's a very very tall task, and and I'm and. And of course, like Nick Sirianni, who has who has had, um, he says that he has a lot of faith, and he has a third corner, and they have to play. And he has played, and he played in the final eight defensive snaps in the win against the Patriots. And he was in coverage on that one final fourth down, fourth and eleven pass attempt that was eventually ruled incomplete. Remember, Josh Job, for um, those that don't know, 5'11", 190 pounds. He had two very strong training camps in back to back years. He is, and again. He was a UDFA rookie out of Alabama. He made the roster, and he earned the top backup spot. He beat out Greedy Williams, Keeley um, Eagles fourth round Georgia pick Keeley Ringo, and another UDFA Eli freaking Ricks. And I mean, it's apparently Josh Job who has been making a lot of, who has been um, made, who has been showing up a lot in training camp. But now this is the key point. He will either have to face up against KJ Osborne or Jordan Addison. And this is going to be, I think this will be a very, very tough test. But then again, if you look at Josh Job, he, where, which college did he come from? He came from Alabama. And, he had to, and during practice, he had to deal with the likes of deep threats like his own teammates and Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Jamison Williams, John Mechie, Jerry Judy, and yes, Henry Ruggs. I mean, Josh Job is has a lot has been known for his physicality based on his college profile, and he but like he only played like twelve defensive snaps as a rookie and only added eight and he only added eight more so on Sunday so twenty snaps, but he's a very great special teamer so I think the Eagles will definitely have a lot of confidence in Josh Job, however. I would see. I can imagine Avante Maddox um, helping him out on the on the slot, and um, tr- and Sean Desai has to give him has to give him some help, es- and especially with when you're weak on safety and linebacker, like you have to like Sean Desai has to come up with a defensive with a great scheme. But the way the Eagles can beat the Kirk Cousins off the Kirk Cousin offense is. Is you have to go four five man front, disguise the sat, disguise disguise the blitz and get pressure on Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, and I mean, after all, when Kirk Cousins gets blitzed, he beca- or when he gets pressured, he turns into that headless chicken. That is for sure. <laughs> and we switch over to the Eagles' offense versus the Vikings' defense. This is a Vikings defense that was previously last in defensive DVOA. No, they were 31st in defensive DVOA under defensive coordinator Ed Donatel. They were 31st against the def- against the pass, 20th against the rush. This is all last year D- in D- uh, DVOA. Now with the like now with a new defensive coordinator Brian Flores. You're going to expect the the the, the D- you're gonna expect Brian Flores, who is a disciple of who was a defensive coordinator under Bill Belichick during one of the Super Bowl during one of the many Super Bowl rings that the Patriots have won. 
you can expect the defense to be super aggressive and see a lot more blitzes to affect Jalen Hurts. It, if we look at it, like under Brian Flores, the Vikings defense blitzed Baker, May, blitzed on Baker Mayfield um, 55%, 55.3% on his dropbacks. However, and if we were to compare it with what happened with Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, against the Patriots Blitz, he was blitzed on 42.1% of dropbacks. This is according to, to Pro Football Focus or PFF. Out of 16 dropbacks, he was 7 for 13 in passing, 57 yards of passing, one touchdown, but he was sacked twice. Blitz pickup was very, very shaky, so it has to be on point. And... However, there is something that the Eagles can try and take advantage of. We, the, the Vikings didn't provide, like, and this is, I found this um, on a very interesting site called The Lions. Um, the Vikings didn't provide nearly the same prowess defensively, especially with the pass rush. When Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield apparently had 3.76 seconds to throw per dropback, and he was completely clean in the pocket with no QB hits or sacks. And apparently Minnesota just generated three locked pressures from defensive linemen in the game. And this is something of a benefit that the Eagles offensive line can try and take. After all, it des the Eagles O-line definitely need to be in sync. It, from what I saw, I think that last week was their preseason for the, for the Eagles O-line. In the company of Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and the new offensive guard Cam Jurgens, but this is no excuse. But like, this is no excuse. But like, what? This, I think like Philadelphia's. Uh, um, I think the Eagles' O line should do should keep Hurts away from this pressure this time around because now, because after all, this is the Eagles. Um, again, they they allowed. 14 pressures and picked up two penalties. Luckily, um, Hertz was able to, um, I mean, he was able to put in like 37 yards on the ground, but he was sacked, like, he, he was able to protect the ball, but he had a costly fumble in the fourth quarter. Um, that will be seen on the recap for week one. But what Minnesota was able to do, like, um, their defense was keeping plays in front of them. Like basically, they were able to restrict Baker Mayfield to 5.1 yards per attempt, with um, an average like pass distance of like 7.3. But however, the Eagles have tons and tons of weapons. That Ola, the offense has weapons. You have Swole Batman in AJ Brown. You have Skinny Batman in Devonte Smith, and this is a very very suspect secondary, um, and. The only big signing that I see a threat in is Byron Murphy. So, quarterback Byron Murphy, so expect him, expect Murphy to cover um, AJ Brown. Um, another rookie, another um, cornerback in Caleb Evans and nickel safety Josh Metellus is part of the of, of that Viking secondary. Um, I can see Devontae Smith going off. I mean, off on this game, but. And I mean, but I mean, like, and before I could, and before I continue on with that, there are two other weapons that 
the, on the safety side, other than Josh Metellus, Harrison Smith and Cameron Bynum have been serviceable in that Brian Forrest three base three four defense. But that, but um, but however, there are a couple of in, in injuries that we that the that they'll need to look out that the Eagles can try and exploit. Um, one of the the um, Vikings linebackers, Marcus Davenport, he is questionable. I believe it was an ankle or a um, I believe that was an ankle injury, or or backs. L one second on that. Correction: Marcus Davenport is it will most likely play after after he was um, he and um, left. And left and offensive tackle Christian Darisaw were questionable with ankle injuries, but I think it looks like Davenport will be cleared to play. However, I can I can see um, this has to be the game for Dallas Goddard because he was barely targeted, except for one for one for one tar except for one time in the fourth quarter. That was a very high pass from Jalen Hurts, and what and. And on some of the passing routes, Goddard was open. You, if the Eagles, if, if one way that that Jalen Hurts can stop this pressure and get Brian Flores to keep on guessing, target. I want to see Dallas Goddard get targeted a little bit more. He is one of your best weapons, and of course, you'll be facing the likes of Jordan Hicks, Ivan Pace, and and another young ro a young rookie in Brian Asamoah, but. If Goddard, but Goddard has that catchability and he can extend. He and I don't see why not you uh, you um you target him early, but back. But if you want to get this offense started and not have back to back to back to back to back punts like what happened against the Patriots, the Eagles' offense. Uh, I would I would say that the Eagles have to start with the run game strong and build through it. Maybe first down, second down. Get get those chunk yardages, Brian. This is this is the game for Brian jo for offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. He cannot be sloppy like he and play super conservative like he did against the Patriots. I mean, for, for on a fourth and two, you gotta punt it. Like if it's if you have like two or one or two minutes left, unless you're very very confident in the play calling. If it's a fourth and one or fourth and inches, you do the tush push. But I would say, but like, but I have to, but you got it. But in this game, expect DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny to get more touches and attack with the run game. And if you wanted to take a look, and if you're going back to the Vikings defense against the Buc against that Buccaneers offense, the Bucks were able to rush for 73 yards, which was not bad, but they were able to get those serviceable first downs. But I think... Even with this 3-4 defense that Brian Flores is showing and expect Flores to bring the house and bring pressure, make Jalen Hurts' life uncomfortable. I can, uh, I can imagine um, Rashad Penny and, um, De and DeAndre, DeAndre Swift get, the, get at least a lot more touches. Swift can easily help out with the, um, with the pass catching, with some of the pass catching game. But again, can he get Kenneth Gainwell? Who was featured a lot in the Week One win over the Patriots, in the over the first game we win over the Patriots. He was um, he's quest he's out with ribs, and and I and this has to be a Swift and Penny game. The Eagles may have to play some old school 
And the only, one of the biggest threats I'm seeing from the Vikings' um, defensive line is Daniel Hunter. He had once he has one sack so far, and but he but if Lane Johnson was struggling against a rookie um, rookie rookie um, defensive tackle, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be very difficult. Um, it's gonna be very difficult against Daniel Hunter, but because Daniel Hunter, out of his four starts against the Eagles, I believe he has had two sacks. Um, I believe this is from Philly Voice. So um, shout out to Jimmy Kemsky of the Philly Voice and um, con- contributor to Bleeding Green Nation, the SB Nation, home for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I can, but I think um, this will be the game that Jalen Hurts bounces back and limits his mistakes. Just play smart. And first, and for the Eagles games to win on the offense, to win this game on the offensive side, Brian Johnson has to call the right plays. You have offensive line needs to be in sync. Get that run game stronger with Penny and Swift. And as long as you keep that that Vikings defense on on the ground for a very long time, Kirk Cousins doesn't have time for his Kirk and Kirk and the funk and the purple funky bunch to do a lot of things. And and the offensive line, they got to find a way to stop, to like limit that blitzes and protect protect Hurts. And and if for Hurts to be good, I would I would also recommend they go two tight end set. Maybe get Jack Stoll Jack Stolens as you're blocking for an extra protection and get Dallas Goddard active, get more in, involved. I can expect that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith to play um to play to go um to be to be targeted because. I think they could spread the field a lot more, but I think. But again, like this game has to be on the line of scrimmage. I think the Eagle. I still have faith in the Eagles' defense. Eagles to um, to to win in the trenches, both on the offensive side and defensive side. I think. Um, so with this, my prediction is Eagles will win a very close one again. They but they get the win. The the line right now is Eagles are seven point five favorites. I was and with this knowledge, but and the way I saw the Eagles play against the Patriots, it's going to be a very close game. Eagles will win twenty seven twenty one. Um, and again, it's going to be a lot of heart attacks. But Jalen Hurts will have a better performance, and so will the defense. And that's my prediction. And with this. This is the fine. With this concludes this special episode of NFL Masala. If if you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Pocket Cast, these are our platforms that you can listen to and give us a rate, a like, and subscribe. Again, our platforms are Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Pocket and Pocket Cast. If you have any other questions, you can follow. You can send it to us at to send it to nflmasala at gmail.com. Also, we have an Instagram. That is all lowercase at nflmasala2022. Again, our, twi- our, our Instagram account is at nflmasala2022. And... Not only that, we do have a Twitter account. And our Twitter account is all lowercase NFLMASALA2022. Again, our Twitter account is NFL, 
M-A-S-A-L-A-2022, all lowercase. Thank you very much for tuning into this special episode of NFL Masala. Take care, have a good night, and from my side, fly, Eagles, fly.